Ever since my wife and I moved to rural Wisconsin five years ago, we've had a family tradition that occurs each year on Gaudete Sunday. I'll tell you what it is coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome, friends, to The Inner Life. Our seasoned spiritual directors are here to help you out in continuing your journey of faith today. If you're facing stumbling blocks or struggles, if you've got some encouragement and inspiration to share with others, this is the place to do it. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. One of the blessings my wife and I have had in our home is a rather spacious kitchen with a good amount of counter space. Why am I telling you this? Well, hold on. It'll make sense in a minute. The place in rural Wisconsin we moved to and now currently live in was my wife's growing up town, and a good number of her extended family is still in the area. So heading into our first Christmas on the farm, as it were, my brilliant wife had the idea of doing a pre-Christmas baking day. The idea is this, that members of her extended family, mom, dad, aunts, uncles, cousins, and their families would come over. And there, in our large kitchen, we'd all bake cookies together. Each family brings their own recipe, and at the end of the day, we divvy up the results between us all, and so we all have a variety of cookies for Christmas. Now, I don't know that we planned the first one specifically for Gaudete Sunday, but that's when it occurred, and it kind of stuck. But as I thought about it, it seems appropriate. I mean, this is the day where we're reminded by St. Paul to rejoice. I will say it again, rejoice. And a joyful time of chatting, laughing, creating, and sharing with loved ones seems like a staple ingredient in the recipe for some good rejoicing. Well, what about you? What other ingredients do you think go into rejoicing? Do you have tips and ideas? How do you rejoice and specifically rejoice in the Lord well? We're talking about joy and about Gaudete Sunday today on the program. Joining us as our spiritual director for the hour ahead is Father Craig DeYoung. Father Craig is a priest for the Diocese of Austin, Texas, where he serves as the pastor of St. Louis, King of France Parish in Austin. Good morning, Father. Glad you could be with us today. Good morning, Patrick. It's always good to be on the show, and uh, what a what a lovely thing to do during Advent as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got to say, Father, just so you know, right off the bat, um, Gaudete Sunday, especially this year when we're looking at, say, we're getting right into the O Antiphons on Gaudete Sunday, I am excited. I'm excited for what this means. But why don't you lead us in, start us off with what is Gaudete Sunday and what does it mean? Well, um, during the Advent season, uh, we are in a time of, of prayerful and uh, reflective preparation for the arrival of Christmas. And uh, originally, it was far more of a penitential season where there would be a great deal of, of fasting as well as abstinence uh, from meat during the season. And um, when you're doing that hard work of, of fasting and preparing um you know, you kind of get into it, and there's a certain point where you kind of get tired. And, um, you know, Gaudete Sunday was sort of a lightening of that time of penance, an opportunity to sort of look up from from the hard work of preparation and, and to see the joy that we're preparing for, to, to reflect on why we're doing that work. 
and to recognize that the Lord is near, that that day has almost arrived. Mm. And so it's a, it's a time for us to rejoice because the Lord is even nearer than, than when he, you know, than he had been in the past. Now he is getting close. And right. so there's a sense of, of nearness of God and, and a recognition of, of the Lord's promises being fulfilled and kept, and also of our readiness to receive him and, and anticipating the joy of, of Christmas, in this case, of the coming of the Lord into our lives in a new way. It's an anticipation for us at the end of this life when the Lord will come in glory in the, uh, you know, the second coming in the parousia. And so Advent um, as a season is, is, you know, both a reflection on how the Lord kept his promises to the people of Israel and the first coming of the Messiah. And also for us as Christians, an anticipation of that second coming. And uh, Gaudete Sundays is sort of a, a pause to look up, to rejoice and to recognize how close the Lord is mm. in that work. Yeah. And of course, uh, as I like to point out to my my little students that I'm teaching throughout the throughout the week, as we get this, this is one of the two Sundays of the year where we get to see our priests in not pink, but rose colored vestments. You want to give us a little bit or maybe I should just uh, I, first of all, your opinion, Father, I'm assuming that you would you would lean more towards the rose than the pink. I, I do, and I I just find it amusing, um, you know, that, that what I always tell people, it's not pink, it's rose, because Jesus rose from the dead. Nice. <laughs> you, know, so I, you hear that a lot from priests, but, um, you know, it, it, pink, rose, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's it's a beautiful color, and, and though it is optional, uh, I think most places are, are able to do that if they have the vestments to do so. Mm-hmm. And that is, but it is significant too, right? Because it is exactly what you were talking about. It's the white of Christmas kind of filtering into the violet of Advent. Right. The color of violet, it's almost like that color is lightened into yeah. rose. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's quite literally a lightening of, of that color. And I like that, how you've described it, the light of Christmas sort of shining on the violet of Advent. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, very good. Our spiritual director today is Father Craig DeYoung, pastor of St. Louis King of France Parish in Austin, Texas. We're talking today about Gaudete Sunday and specifically about joy. How do you rejoice in the Lord? What does it mean to have joy, especially in this time of the year? Do you have any specific traditions for Gaudete Sunday? Give us a call on our toll-free studio line, 888 that's sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email. Our email address is relevantradio.com. Well, Father, um, Gaudete Sunday takes its name from the entrance antiphon to Mass, and that's from Philippians 4, as I understand it. Gaudete in Domino Semper, and uh, rejoice in the Lord always. So let's turn our attention now to thinking about rejoicing. What is what is kind of part and parcel? What is rejoicing, and what is a, a staple uh, element of rejoicing? Well, uh, you know, part of that, that phrase you just quoted from, from Philippians is um, rejoice in the Lord. Right. Uh, and I think, I think it's, you know, joy is something that's caused by the love of God. It's caused by God's charity in us. And so I, I think it, it, it begins with a certain receptivity to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. To delight in what God is doing and to delight in who God is um, and his goodness um, and his beauty and his truth. Uh, rejoicing is sort of taking stock of that, I think, uh, where you sort of look up and you you sort of really see the beauty and the goodness of God and you delight in it. 
um, because we are loved, right? We are loved by the Lord, and the Lord is love. And uh, I think that that active rejoicing is is it really more about who God is, and and rejoicing in uh, God's very very nature, His identity, who he, who He has revealed Himself to be in Christ's life, death, and resurrection, the mysteries of our faith. And so the joy is sort of caused in us by the love of God. And uh, we also rejoice, I think, because we get to participate in it. We get to share in it. It's not like we're just looking at it from far away, but rather now uh, God has drawn near, that he's entered into the human family so that we can enter into the divine family and we mm. get to call God Father. Yeah. We get to call Jesus brother and friend, and uh, that's also our joy. Right. And it is something that, uh, well, I'm just I'm just looking at, for example, from this Sunday's Collect, uh, which prays, enable us, we pray, to attain the joys of so great a salvation and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. So that in and of itself, and what you said, Father, is intimating to me that this whole idea of rejoicing, of being a recipient of joy, it's neither completely ours, so in other words, it's, it's not completely due to our own action. We are, we are recipients of that joy, but neither does it mean that we just passively partake in joy either, but there needs to be some intentionality about it too, right? Well, there's cooperation. Cooperation, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it, you know, just in human analogy, you know, when someone tells you that they love you, there is a response to that. Um, you know, one response, which is negative, would might be indifference or even rejection of that love. Um, but when we also are in love, we say something along the lines of, I love you too. There's a response to it. There's a um, receiving and a reciprocation. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the case with God. Um, in the rejoicing, there's a receiving of this mystery, and then there's a response to it, of, of entering into it, of embracing it, of letting that mystery soak into our souls, our minds, our hearts, our lives, until it, until it overtakes everything. And, um, you know, that's, that's the work of salvation. You know, we are, um, you know, made righteous you know, put into right relationship with God by the work of Jesus Christ, which you receive through faith and through holy baptism. Um, but that work of sanctification is still still taking place where it extends to the whole of our hearts and our lives, and that happens through charity and mm. through the mysteries of faith. We, we come to them when we pray the Mass, when we go to the confessional, um, when we receive an anointing or those vocational sacraments. Uh, all of those things uh, give us the grace of God, and that grace of God is, is at work in us. Mm. And we reciprocate the love that we've received by how we love as Christ has loved us. Uh, we respond with praise and thanksgiving and delight in God and goodness and uh, repentance, right? That we turn away from from sin and those things that separate us from God and from one another. Uh, and so when I hear, you know, this beautiful collect about uh, so that we may joys of so great a salvation, it's, got, it's that the salvation, this mystery has been revealed and given to us. But to attain it means for us to um, let it uh, extend to the whole of our hearts, our lives, our minds, our family, our friends, our work. Um, to every to every place, and uh, you know that's that's the work of salvation that's still sort of taking place. You know, God has saved us; uh, He is saving us, and He, he will save us. Um, but also, that reciprocation is is part of the work. It's like breathing in and then breathing out, mm -hmm. and so we have to breathe it in and breathe it out to have life within us. You mm -hmm. know? Beautiful analogy, Father. Thank you so much. Our spiritual director, again, is Father Craig DeYoung, and we're talking about Gaudete Sunday upcoming this weekend and joy. 
So are you, do you consider yourself a joyful person? Do you seek to share joy with other people? Who's somebody in your life that you have seen really show you joy that is really kind of maybe a poster child of someone who has joy? We'd love to hear about them. We'd love to hear your comments on it. Or maybe you have questions about how to move deeper into joy. Give us a call and join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. So, Father, in what you were saying in, in, in the ways that we cooperate with the work of God in our life and, and allow it to permeate into every, every bit of our life, what are some of the obstacles that we face in letting it permeate to every aspect of our life? Well, I mean, there's quite a few, um, but it seems to me uh, there, there are maybe a couple of primary things. I think one is we tend to, um, I, I almost, I almost want to say make God smaller than he is mm. in the sense that, um, you know, we sort of, I think, it, I think it's a subtle act of pride where we sort of hold ourselves apart from the Lord and say, well, you know, my sins are, are too much or my life is too broken or I'm too far away from the Lord. And so we sort of withdraw from God rather than sort of looking up and seeing the goodness of God and believing how great God is, that he loves us more than we think he does, that he truly is as good as he reveals himself to be in, in Christ's life and death and resurrection. Uh, he calls me son or, or you daughter, you know, um, that, that this, is, this is something that I think happens a lot in us. And the sort of subtle, a subtle sort of way is sort of maybe a false perfectionism where we think we have to be perfect um, in all these ways. And yet, you know, there's a, there's a sense of littleness and being a child of God where we, we humble ourselves and we recognize that God is God and we are not, and he is at work and he knows the best way to save us. So I think that's one of the big ones mm-hmm. um, is that subtle sort of pride where the attention is maybe too much on us uh, and not enough on God's goodness and his greatness. Um, a second would be something of um, unforgiveness. I think often that's a pretty serious block in our hearts um, to receiving the goodness of God and rejoicing in him. When we uh, hold and harbor that resentment and even malice or hatred towards another who has hurt us, even when that, I mean, especially when that, that hurt is, is very unjust, um, you know, it's like poison in the soul. Right, it, it prevents us from from being alive. It, it 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 kills the heart and the soul, and that's that's what's so dangerous about it. And this is why the Lord, you know, asks us to pray, you know, that we'd forgive uh, one another their trespasses as He forgives ours, because He wants to take that poison out of the soul. So I think that's another big one is is when we fail to forgive others, even legitimately who have hurt us, um, that that you know keeps joy from our hearts. Um, sin in general is, is obvious, you know, is fairly obvious. You know, what happens when we sin is we harden our hearts, we withdraw from the Lord, we hide in shame. Um, you know, we don't, we don't recognize the goodness of God and our attention is drawn to ourselves uh, very much. Um, there, there's many more, but I think those are, you know, just very, very broad brushstrokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good, uh, at least uh, initial part of the conversation, too, and going back to the first thing you mentioned, when the attention is too much on us and not enough on God, I mean, what are some practical steps that we can take to remove that obstacle? What are, What's the prescription, as it were, to treat that? Oh, that's a great question. I think we're all still working on it. Yeah, <laughs> good point, <laughs> um, yes. You know, I, I, would, I would say that, um, you know, you, 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 you have to enter into the mystery. And, um, you know, I think that, 
you know, the, the proclamation of the gospel is, you know, begins with repent and believe, right, in the gospel. And that repentance is, is a very important first step. Um, in order to sort of let that, that sort of be overcome, we have to sort of recognize uh, in humility our own faults and our own weaknesses, um, not, not in the sense of self-condemnation or even passing judgment over our own hearts and our own lives, which, which we all too often do, um, but rather as a, as a recognition of, of a need for a Savior, the need for God, and then the belief in the gospel is part two, right, is to believe that Jesus Christ truly is Lord, that um, God has become a man and, and, does, and has done this great work and has made this mystery present to us for our salvation, the mysteries of our faith. And, um, you know, when we, when we sort of, uh, you know, kind of allow that, that, that work to be uh, taking place in of us and repenting and, and that deeper belief in the gospel, um, you know, I think I think that uh, that is is the the right starting point um, in that work. Very good. Well, we are often running and talking about Gaudete Sunday and joy and how that how makes a difference in our Christian lives. If you have particular ways that you honor Gaudete Sunday, particular ways that you found of rejoicing in the Lord, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, relevantradio.com. We'd love to get you on the air with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung from the Diocese of Austin, Texas. We're going to take our first break, but we'll be back with more of the Inner Life right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Oh man, I uh, when I first heard this song that uh, Thomas is playing for us for the rejoin here, I had to listen to it about 20 times in a row. It's amazing. So you can find it, of course, just on the internet. Uh, just, yeah search for Gaudete and go to the videos and see what you find. Anyway, we are talking about Gaudete Sunday today and what it means to have joy with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung. And by the way, one person that found and discovered joy would have been Ebenezer Scrooge. I hope you're following along with Ebenezer as uh, our, the Merry Beggars, our very own Merry Beggars, are leading us through an audio advent calendar with a snippet in your mailbox of the Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol, true to the original text featuring world-class actors. And uh, it's really a fascinating story. I hope you're able to follow along. If you need to sign up yet, you can still do it. Adventwithscrooge.com, adventwithscrooge.com. Well, Father, um, I think one of the ways that uh, we want to really get into is, well, what about when we're suffering, when we're not in a place of rejoicing? And I think uh, we may have a phone call that might help us lead into that. So let's go to Martha calling in from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Martha, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, so I, um, I was just curious on your thoughts. Um, my, um, I'm, I'm typically a pretty uh, upbeat person. I have a lot in life. We are very busy people. My husband and I have three young kids. I run a business. I have a lot. But it's 
good, you know, and I can I can usually find the positives and the joys. Um, we recently suffered a, our third miscarriage. Um, and something about this one has just hit us particularly hard. Um, and I was just curious your thoughts on finding joy again, going through a time like this. Okay, Martha, um, I can hear the pain, and I'm so sorry for the loss of your your little one. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, when I hear you, um, what I don't want to do is say something along the lines of, um, you know, you just get over it or any sort of platitudes or just sort of nice words. I think the beauty of our faith is that we can embrace the truth of things that are truly awful and and the loss of a child is truly awful and it is painful and we can acknowledge that uh, without sort of having to, to, to pretend. And, you know, the advice I would typically give in in your situation is to be where you're at, Um, not to be in too much of a hurry to move past or to, you know, go past grief, but really that's the place where we want to bring ourselves before God and have the heart to heart, um, to share with him the thoughts and the feelings and the desires of, of your hurt, your, your disappointment, um, the pain that you're going through, even the thoughts that it's, it's hard God to see good in this. It's hard to see how, how you would let this happen to us. All, all those sorts of things that we, we think in these moments, um, and what you desire, what you long for before the Lord and uh, then, then we let the mysteries of God speak. Uh, what does God uh, say in this sort of moment? Um, I mean, he knows the, what it's like to lose a child, right? Uh, he knows uh, what it's like to lose someone who's loved. We see Jesus weep with his friend Lazarus. Uh, we see all the ways that, that God is not indifferent to our sufferings, but enters in, consoles us. Um, you know, we have great gifts like our, our Lady of Sorrows, our mother who stands at the foot of the cross and, and stands with us in our sorrows. And all of those mysteries of faith are the things that we take into that pain and that hurt. That's where God works. And in that, the joy is found because God loves us, right? The joy is found because uh, we know that God is greater than this this thing, though it's hard to see. And, um, you know, that's where our joy is, is conceived and grows in, in the way God loves us in pain, in suffering. And that's where we reclaim that joy. Martha, thank you so much for calling in and sharing with us that uh, your pain and your suffering. And it, I think it serves as an excellent example, as especially this time of the year, it seems like many people are grieving. Many people are suffering. There are um, there's losses that take place. And they're most keenly felt, perhaps, in this holiday time of the year. So thank you for sharing with that. And, Father, just in, in response to that and continuing to, to talk about that, one of the things in your response I was thinking is that, well, you said don't go past the grief or don't kind of, you know, skip along the surface of the grief. But you're actually, it seems, inviting Martha and all of us who suffer at this time of year actually into and to experience the grief. And I guess my question is, it's, it sounds paradoxical, but it sounds like one of those divine paradoxes, right? And that actually moving more deeply into grief actually helps us move deeper into joy. Well, it's, it's uh, really essential to, to the faith because you can't get to the resurrection without the crucifixion. Right. Um, and so it is a leaning into um, the cross uh, for the sake of the joy that lays ahead. Um, I'm thinking very much of uh, the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 12, you know, those first, um, you know, four 
uh, verses. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of faith. For the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame and has taken his seat at the right of the throne of God. Consider how he endured such opposition from sinners in order that you may not grow weary and lose heart. Um, I guess that's just the first three verses. I don't need to read the last one, but thinking about that, that um, those words of the author to letter the Hebrews, I, I think that's, that's, how we endure. Uh, we recognize, I think, this great cloud of witnesses, those who have, have gone through suffering before and fa- endured in faith and turned to the Lord, have come out the other side, and we call them saints now, mm-hmm. um, you know, that we seek to persevere in running the race that lies before us um, with eyes fixed on Jesus and to do it as he did it, that he was enabled to endure the sufferings uh, for the sake of the joy that lay before him. Um, you know, the joy is 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 both in recognizing the goodness uh, of God, but it's also in anticipation of our participation in it. So even if this moment, it doesn't feel like we are participating in that joy, we know that enduring and, and keeping the commands of Christ and holding uh, close to him and embracing the cross, that that joy will come, mm-hmm. right? that that joy lays ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah, without that joy, without the promise of that joy of redemption, of ultimate grace, mercy, and healing, and peace, and that sort of thing, it, it seems to make uh, makes suffering more meaningless. But with it, it transforms the the potential of suffering into something that is actually the road itself to some of these things. But one of the things that I see, Father, that that actually it fights against is maybe a more natural or societal or cultural instinct to kind of, you know, uh, put joy or excuse me, put grief and such things to the side because we've mistaken joy uh, with some sort of comfort or um, good feelings or something like that. But joy seems to be something much deeper than that. Yeah, it has a lot to do with sentiment, with with emotions and how we treat emotions in general. You know, and I think what we do is we moralize them. We say they're good or they're bad. Um, and that's simply not true. There's positive emotions that sort of feel good, and there's negative emotions that feel bad. But emotions are not moral. Um, they simply are, and they give us information. And the information is what we bring uh, to prayer and to our relationships. And, um, you know, sometimes feelings give wrong directions, um, you know, and they don't sort of lead us in the direction we need to go. And we uh, we need to let reason uh, guide our will and our passions to have the right place sort of within the soul. Um, but I do find that a lot of people um, sort of moralize their, their emotions, their feelings in such a way that, um, you know, they, uh, they say it's bad if I feel this way. They say it's bad if I feel grief. I shouldn't be sad. I should, I should be, you know, rejoicing because my, you know, my loved one who's dying is going to be with the Lord. And St. Paul says, um, you know, we should not grieve as those who do not have hope. Um, However, he doesn't say don't grieve. (laughs) We even see Jesus himself weep at the the death of Lazarus, um, even the moment before he's about to resurrect him. He he knows that the resurrection is coming. We see the the grief of Mary and and Martha and how one comes out and one stays home. 
Um, but there's, there's a sense that people push down emotions all the time. And, uh, the Lord wants all of you, not just uh, part of you. He doesn't just want the good part, so to speak. He, he wants everything. And so we're free in our faith to bring our emotions, our feelings before God without uh, a, a sort of, um, you know, moralizing of the feelings and simply say, I'm angry right now. I'm sad. I'm upset. I feel numb. Um, I feel, you know, like everything's not going to work out, Lord. Um, and then we let the Lord speak. What do you want to say to that God? Mm-hmm. He says, be still and know that I'm the Lord. He says, know that I love you. I'm with you, that I'm not going to abandon you, that you're my girl. You're my boy. Um, you're beautiful to me. You have what it takes. All the things that God says as a good father to us, uh, to take care of us in those moments. Mm-hmm. So, but that it's that kind of, uh, what you were just saying there, this that kind of confidence in our relationship with our heavenly father as his children, it seems to me that that's, that's, what provides that's that's what true joy actually is so even we shouldn't necessarily expect it seems that uh, joy only exhibits itself through this these emotions that you know come and go that are that we have a tendency to moralize as you said father but it's something much more deeply rooted in something like a, a confidence and a filial relationship with the lord Agreed. And I think, you know, Jesus uh, is the prime example of that. And uh, I'll say something a little bit, um, maybe speculative, but my opinion would be that Jesus has peace and joy even on the cross during the crucifixion. Yeah. Yeah. Even as he prays words like, my God, my God, why will, why have you abandoned me? Wow. Um, He's describing, I think in that moment, his feelings right? Mm-hmm. The things that he is experiencing and feeling. But I, I, I consider, because we know that Jesus has never sinned, he never believes the lie that God is not his father and that he is not his son. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he holds that so firmly in himself um, because of who he is, his identity before you know his father in heaven, that it cannot be lost by him. And uh, for us, that's claimed in faith and in hope and in charity. Mm-hmm. Um, these are gifts from the Lord, which we accept. But when we accept and exercise those gifts, those supernatural virtues, um, in that we have that adopted sonship that is uh, so firm and so sure. And this is what the Lord means when he says, if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. The things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full that by keeping our communion with the God, that's, that's what the commandments are, of being the same mind and heart with God by, by doing His will, we abide in that identity and that love, and therefore we have joy that can endure anything, uh, peace in the midst of, of real negative emotions, right? Um, and I think that's why I, I believe that Jesus felt peace and joy even on the cross. Yeah. I wouldn't argue with you, Father. I think I think that's right. I think that even in the midst of the most profound suffering that we can undergo, that the joy is still available to us uh, precisely because of all the things that you just mentioned. It's Gaudete Sunday coming up this weekend, and so we are commanded, we are encouraged and commanded to rejoice and rejoice in the Lord. What does that mean? Are you a joyful person? Do you have joy that is flowing through you? And what does that mean? What does that do to, with your spiritual life and how have you experienced and encountered joy? Give us a call and join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, at relevantradio.com. Let's go now to Paula, who's calling in from Mount Zion, Illinois. Paula, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi. I just want to share. I found, I, well, I was driving, so I couldn't call sooner. 
But I worked with a priest in campus ministry who was is the most joyful person I have ever known. Mm. And he credited all his life to in being so joyful. And he didn't call himself joyful, but he certainly was. He could help everybody to laugh. And he was, um, he was full of joy in every, every um, experience. And he said he had learned so much from his little brother who had Down syndrome. Mm. And he, he could see people who I would see as, you know, disadvantaged or not very, not very community. They didn't communicate well. And he loved them. And he was excellent at working with, you know, a priest who, um, when I first came, he, he said, get the lights. I was just new at the Newman Center. I didn't know where the lights were. And he just had fun in the moment. Uh-huh. Somebody else get the lights. She doesn't know what, what to do. And, I mean, he made people, he made us laugh mm. and um, just appreciated and, and just really was engaged in, in every person. Well, Paula, I love that because, um, you know, my, my sort of memory of the most joyful person I feel like I've known was also in campus ministry and was a, as an older friar. Um, his name was Father Kurt Lansrath. He's a Franciscan priest, and uh, he's, he's passed away some years now, but he was always so joyful. And there is something about that simplicity, uh, rejoicing and delighting in the good. And it doesn't have to be some tremendous or novel experience. It's simply in the goodness of people. And, you know, I, I think maybe that's a characteristic of of joy in the soul, is you begin to notice the good that is there in people. Uh, if you have that fruit uh, of the Holy Spirit within the soul, it's like you begin to really rejoice with the good that you see wherever it is seen, and, and you and you gain sort of a new sight, and you recognize it um, in the simplicity of, of your day and in the moments and the people who are around you as well. Mm. Paula, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate your great testimony, and that's a, actually a great great fodder for more calls as well. If you have somebody in your life who really is an expression of joy, you've really appreciated the joy in, that you've experienced and encountered the Lord working through them in that way, give them a shout out here on the program. 888-914-9149 is our studio line. Again, 888-914-9149. Or our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Gaudete Sunday and joy is our theme here on The Inner Life today. And we're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung. We're going to go back into our next break but we will come back with more of the conversation right after this. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back 
to the inner life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Thomas Engesser, who's producing the program for us today, and Miranda Sinaceros, who's taking our phone calls as well. And our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung, as we are talking about Gaudete Sunday and joy. And I know that you've heard it if you're a regular Relevant Radio listener, and hopefully you've got them coming to your inbox already. But Advent carols of comfort and joy with a little bit of history that is going on with these carols as well. Features the incredible talents of three young choirs, and you can take this musical journey to Christmas by signing up at relevantradio.com slash carols, relevantradio.com slash carols, a great way to enter into the joy of the season. Well, Father, as we continue our discussion about joy and, and these things, we were talking earlier about some removing some of the obstacles in our path to joy, and just wondering if you had any further thoughts about things that we could, uh, we might do, maybe especially in this time of the year, but really any time of the year to remove some obstacles to joy. You know, I was thinking about distractions. Um, mm. You know, I think uh, I'm the kind of person who is, wants to solve a problem. I want to come up with a solution, and, uh, you know, often I end up with a, a bunch of tasks that, that need to take place in order to do that. And I lose track of people. Um, I lose track of, of the relationship with God at times, and I have to recheck in and, and bring myself back into that and uh, reach out to family and friends um, more directly. And I, I think distractions are one of the obstacles that, that often need removing um, in order to, to grow in joy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like that last call quite a bit, just thinking about how joy is found in simplicity. It's found in people. It's found in relationships. And... Um, you know, for me, you know, learning to be present to the people who are in front of me and rejoicing in them, you know, I think as a priest, something I get to do that um, people who aren't priests don't get to do is hear confessions. And we have a lot of penance services during this season. You know, so we had, uh, I attended three last week and a couple this week. And, you know, there's there's just quite a bit of that. And I get to look and see people in those moments and tell them God loves them more than he thinks they do. And to see that moment when that, that love is received, uh, for me, that's joy. That's something I rejoice in is I see the goodness in the people that are there and I get to, to speak on God's behalf to them. And, um, that's something that's in, in my life, you know, learning to see the good in others, even the simple things, uh, the simple goodness that is there and just to love people in that way. Mm-hmm. So I, I think maybe doing that where we pause, set aside distractions and really look at the people who are around us and rejoice in them, uh, rejoice in the goodness of your spouse, your children, uh, your coworkers, um, the people in your church, and to, to, to delight in the goodness that's there already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent point. I like a lot of things that you were just saying there, Father, and specifically about distractions and being present to others. You know, one of the things, of course, uh, many times our material possessions can be loaded with distractions for us. Of course, I'm thinking of the, the you know, the the usual suspects of things like our smartphones and uh, computer screens and things like that. Necessities, perhaps, but nonetheless, can loaded with distractions at times anyway. But also things that we decide to do with our time uh, in many ways. Anyway, the, the, my whole point in all this is that as I was kind of thinking about who are the some of the most joyful people I know, I think probably at least three of the top five are uh, religious sisters and brothers who have taken vows of poverty, chastity and obedience and who really don't have a lot of these same distractions in their lives. And yet they have this enormous sense of joy. What do you think about that? 
Well, I think uh, those evangelical councils are there for a reason, you know, right. poverty, chastity, and obedience. Yeah. Um, it's like a big flashing arrow that points and says, look, the things that people tell you will, will make you joyful. These people don't have those things. And yet, look how joyful they are. And it's a big flashing arrow that points us out of the world and into the relationship with God and, and the heavenly realities. Um, and that's the way it's designed. That's their vocation is is really to, to be that witness of joy to the world. And so I, I think I would agree that many of the most joyful people I've ever met live those out. Um, and it speaks to a spiritual reality that it is God and, and the relationship and the communion uh, with the Lord and insight into this life of, of God and the mysteries of our faith. And those things, um, you know, are cultivated within their souls. And it's, it's that joy that we've been talking about, that love of God produces in them uh, this fruit of the Holy Spirit, uh, the gift of joy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about in terms of practical application of some of these things, because, I mean, let's be honest, uh, most people who are listening to the program right now probably are not going to go out, rush out and uh, make vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. That's not the calling that God has placed in our lives. And so if they were to do so, they'd end up in misery anyway and going against the call of God. But what this can mean, and especially in terms of this upcoming Sunday, where we're especially paying attention to our rejoicing in the Lord, right, is that there can be this renewed sense, I would think, of, well, what's something I can do to, as you were saying earlier, Father, we can, let's minimize the distractions, let's enter into the people who are right there in front of us, let's be present to them, let's in, uh, let's encounter them. Uh, and I think especially in the in this run-up to Christmas and the shortest advent we can have, right, um, that there might be this frantic sense of, well, I got to get gifts for this person, this person, this person. But maybe it's time to just give them the gift of, of self, of presence, of pouring out ourselves in gift to them, yeah? I think that's the right way. I mean, I think these evangelical councils, you know, yeah, like you said, people aren't necessarily going to go out and— uh, you know, maybe, maybe someone's listening and has that a vocation and that includes yeah. these particular councils. But I think we're all called to implement them in, in sort of a, a less radical way sure. at times. So, you know, poverty, I would say simplicity. You know, there's a sense of, of uh, a recognition of all that we have is from God, giving the first fruits back to him in acts of almsgiving, charity, tithing. Uh, also of our time, as you've mentioned, being more present to the people who the Lord is directing us to, uh, to rejoice and delight in them and to love them as, as God has loved us. Um, you know, I think with, um, you know, uh, uh, obedience, for example, too, there's a sense, too, of, uh, you know, that, that pride that, that is in our lives. And so we may not make a promise of obedience um, in the same way that, um, a religious brother or sister would to their superior or a priest to their, their bishop and his successors. Um, but th- there is a, a recognition that we're not the authority over everything in our lives. And there is an obedience to God and to the church and uh, even to our pastors or to our, our, our husbands or to our fathers and mothers. Um, that is a part of the Christian life. And so, you know, reflecting on that and, and sort of thinking, ah, am I sort of living out of a place of pride and ego, or am I sort of submitting myself, um, you know, in humility uh, to God and, and to those who have authority over me in my life? 
Um, and then even with chastity, you know, we, we could talk about that all day long. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we, you know, we are called to this and according to our state in life, uh, all of us and, uh, priests live that through chaste celibacy, uh, you know, but, um, you know, married people are called to, to chastity within the state of marriage and single right. people within that, that state of life at that moment. So I, I would say, you know, don't write it off entirely. I think there's, there's a, right. there is a sense that each of those does apply and that joy is produced in us through that. I, I would add this. Um, you know, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we receive sort of incline us towards the Lord. And then we receive the supernatural virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Um, and we cultivate in our own lives those natural virtues. And by building up the habit of doing what is good and rejecting what is bad and pursuing human excellence, that produces in us by the Holy Spirit the fruits of the Spirit, mm-hmm. which leads to a state of beatitude. You know, mm-hmm. those those blessed are you know blessed are they who are poor and and mourn and hunger and thirst for righteousness. That that leads to a state of beatitude, a state of blessedness. Um, so those things are all tied together. And so if we want to have more joy, um, it's also about growing in virtue. Any of the ways that you can sort of look at the virtues in your life and learn to exercise greater faith, hope, and charity. Um, to accept the gift from God and to exercise those in the moments of your life um, where it's difficult, but then also to, to become more just, right? Uh, yeah. To become more prudent in terms of your wisdom of knowing what means achieve the right ends. Um, courage, right? Perseverance, you know, um, you know, being able to, to endure through hard things and do what is right. And then that work of temperance as we were talking about. So, you know, um, fasting would be another one. Um, you know, cutting out some things in our life that we have too much of so that we have more time for prayer and for, for other people of letting go of some of the financial sorts of, um, control and even giving, um, more, more readily, um, you know, a prayerful and sacrificial giving. Yeah. I, uh, when we may just have a uh, caller who's called in, who has, uh, some added wisdom to give to that. Let's go down to Mary calling in from Montgomery, Illinois. Mary, welcome to the inner life. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, just a comment that uh, the Holy Spirit and I have uh, kind of worked out an agreement that if I go to my bank to get ATM money, um, it's not near my house, so it's a little inconvenient. But I do pass by a church, a Catholic church, that has 724 adoration. So um, he does prefer me to go to adoration before I get the money. But depending on traffic, uh, we've worked it out that it's okay to get my money and then go to adoration uh, and then maybe shopping. And on occasion, I've gone to uh, a local store there, and uh, one of the clerks has commented. She said something to the point that, you are really joyful. I I can Mm. see your spirit. And I said, oh, that's because I just came from adoration. And her comment was, hmm, you know, I probably need to uh, go to adoration. So I think that particular trip was uh, more benefit for her to hear it, uh, you know, outright. But um, I'm usually really happy because I'm, I've am i done what I need to do. So I've got my God time in first. Mary, that is such a beautiful story. And it's uh, it really brings back the simplicity of what we're talking about. It's just simply being with the Lord, right? Uh, being loved by the Lord and loving Him. 
uh, you know, joy comes from charity. And so spending time with God and adoration and allowing yourself to be loved and uh, to respond in love to God. Um, yeah, you, you're, you're a sacrament, right? So you're going to show forth the goodness of, of the Lord in your life and the joy of the Lord in your life through, through that love that you share with him. So, um, what a beautiful and easy example <laughs> rather than all the things I was talking about. So. <laughs> oh, I think they, I think they compliment one another very well, father, Mary, thank you so much for that. And kudos to the, to the person who recognized that and actually had the courage to say something too. That may be another thing too, is that we can recognize when we see somebody as a joyful person, we can just tell them that. And I think that that makes a lot of difference and helps us to pursue it all the more. So Mary, again, you know, thank you so much. Yeah, go ahead, father. I apologize. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the thing that I would say there that, that makes so much sense to me is to rejoice for the good. I, I think so much yeah. of our culture, we rejoice in, in what is evil. We mm-hmm. rejoice in, in these things and we celebrate them. But we need to begin, you know, maybe uh, being more, um, I guess, visible in celebrating what's good and holding those things up for for um, for people to see. I think that's that also produces joy. Uh, like we said earlier, or like I was saying earlier, it's delighting in the good. And so if we can show people the good that's there, I think that increases people's joy. Um, I think that's an excellent point too. Yeah, we want to look into that. Well, Father, only a little bit of time here before we ask for your blessing. Just maybe one final closing comment about the relationship between, as you were just getting into, generosity and joy. Yes. So when our hearts are full of love, it overflows. In a certain sense, you might think of joy as the overflowing of love from mm. the soul. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, love does a lot of things. It casts out fear and anxiety. It casts out, um, you know, true sorrow. And, uh, you know, joy is that overflowing of the soul. And so generosity is also a part of that overflowing of the soul. Mm-hmm. So to be so filled with, with the sight, the vision, and the love of God that there's no room for anything that is not of the Lord left, course um it's going to it's going to be diffusive right love will go beyond uh to others very good father thank you so much for being our spiritual director today can we get a blessing from you before you go rejoice in the lord always i say it again rejoice indeed the lord is near may god bless each of you the father the son and the holy spirit Amen. Amen. Well, I we do wish everyone here at the Inner Life and Relevant Radio wishes that you a blessed and fantastic and joyful Gaudete Sunday this weekend. Rejoice in the Lord always. Check out relevantradio.com slash inner life for all of our shows here. Coming up on Monday, silence with Sister Agnus Day. And next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Have a great weekend. Grace and peace. <laughs>